This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New England a field goal position. The water in the veins had a military from 37 yards, but it's blocked by the same man, Ramon Walker. The Ramones, a rock and roll high school. Dam, 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 dam. Oh, that's a fast forward to week 12 of the 03 season. However, for 20 years, ladies and gentlemen, that play has been called into question because the gentleman to my left says... The gentleman to his left on that play <laughs> is the reason that field goal got blocked. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline to walk down memory lane of the 03 season. He is also a varsity club Hall of Famer, year 2017 at Boston College. Dan Cope and Gresham Fourier. Cope, good morning. How are you? Gresh. Christian, how are we doing, buddy? What's up, buddy? Hey. Oh, this is like. Two times in a week. I know, I know, I know. And, you know, when I saw you, I saw Dan at the uh, celebrate, uh, you know, Tom Brady celebration day, you know, and I (laughs) and I didn't recognize him because he was so skinny. Like he lost you lost a bunch of weight, didn't you? Well, I don't think I was ever meant to be 300 pounds. So, uh, you know, I just try and to take care of myself a little bit more and look more like you, you know? There I mean, you, go. you were always the, the good-looking one, and, you know, you got to wear fake glasses. You don't even need them. See, you know, you're just trying to look cool. This just makes no sense. Uh, no, don't forget the hair, Dan, the hair as well. Oh, uh, uh, the hair, yeah, it's always shiny and firmy. I don't even know what he does with the hair. Fruits and berries, just like for the, you know, uh, no, no, it's Dr. America. No, it's Dr. Lepresti. <laughs> hey, Cope, I was, I was telling, I've showed, do you remember – that uh, that play in Houston, right, where you were the tight end, I was the wing, and you got that field goal block yeah. for Adam Vinatieri. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. I, you know what? That I, I do recall it, and what I do know about that game is I think offensively, did we have like 100 snaps? We had a lot. I'll look it we, up. We had, it was overtime, or it was like 90-some, 100 snaps. It was a long game. And I believe you are correct. That may have been my fault. Oh, my God, Dan. You don't know what (laughs) I got him to say it. Cope, you don't know what you've just done. (laughs) This guy was was walking around, Dan, being like, hey, you got to see this field goal thing because we were just talking about the Brendan Schooler play. And then it turned into, yeah, Cope's the one who screwed that up. He's a rookie. Look at how I handled it. And I'm like, wait a minute. It didn't look like your technique was okay. Foyer has been trying to fade the heat to you on that play <laughs> ever since we started did talking I, about you hey, coming on. If I'm the tight end, I've got to slam down, and then I've got to hinge, and I've got to take that D-gap rusher. Did he come in the D-gap, or did he come over for it? 
He came right between us, in between us. It so was, we'll, 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 we'll share in the response. Yeah, I think we did. I think that's what we did, actually. I think we looked at each other when we were walking off the field and we were like, I think we're both going to have to take the one bullet and just, just deal with it. Yeah. And we ended up winning usually the game. If I'm, as a tight end, like you're going to slam down and then you're going to basically just open yourself yeah. up and grab anybody that yep. comes into that gap. And usually I'm on the ground. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> the that's tight true. end in that situation is usually yeah. just – opened up arms wide like you're giving someone a hug and said they're going to slap you in the chest and push yep. you down. So usually the guy goes down, and I didn't go down, so I was like, oh, maybe I didn't hit somebody on that play. And I love the fact that he was a rookie, and I was like the Wiley vet. I'm like, you better take yeah. a hit for this. <laughs> <laughs> it was your fault. Remember, yeah. it was your fault. I told you you stepped in here. Foyer, you were a veteran bully is what you were saying? <laughs> Not with Cope. No. Not Every, with Cope. Everybody loves Dan Copen, And you know, Cope, in 03, because we've been doing this whole walk down memory lane, and we went through the preseason and everything with Lawyer Malloy. I want to go back to that moment, Dan. You walk into the NFL. You're walking into a Patriots locker room that was at the beginning of a dynasty. Can you take us back to the young days of Dan Copen, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, walking into that particular locker room for the first time after being drafted? No, I think it's I, – I really think it's probably any rookie on any team. It didn't matter. You know, two years ago they had won the Super Bowl, but you, you – you're not wide-eyed and you know your head is almost down like just hey let's keep my head down focus on what i have to do i know the locker i don't have a real locker yet it's in the middle of the locker room uh it is metal it's temporary so the focus is just trying to like make the team and and sort of fit in with the guys and Thankfully, as an offensive lineman, you know, we're kind of all the same. Tight end, Fourier kind of wants to be an offensive lineman, but likes the flashy stuff also. So, Very confused. Uh, it, was a, it, was a great, it was a great group to go into. And, and Fourier talks about being a bully. They were, they, were, they were all good and all in good fun and just trying to, you know, get through camp. So, Cope, I want to bring you back, okay, to 20 years ago. So, uh, first game, uh, Buffalo. I think Compton got yeah. hurt, right? So I, whoever there was a center, I think it was Compton. So you, so, so, no, you, you you have no recollection of this. What's okay. our first game? We lose 30, 31 nothing. Yeah, the Buffalo. Buffalo right? Yeah, I knew that well, one. Welcome, welcome, to, welcome to the NFL. That okay. was a great first game for me. Um, London Fletcher had blown up uh, Woody on an interception in the second half, and he ended up getting a Bruce Sternum or something yep. like that. So. I ended up playing, I don't know, middle, third quarter, fourth quarter in Buffalo after that debacle of a game. And Compton, so Woody didn't practice all week. And I was with the ones uh, during the practice week, know, knowing that there was a possibility Woody could play. Um, I wasn't going to, we weren't going to know that until Sunday. So they took Woody out and worked him out before the game and see if he could go or not. Well, it turns out he couldn't go. So that's why I ended up starting at center week two. But Compton had broken his foot during training camp or in a preseason game and sort of played through it a little bit. And when Compton came out of the Philly game because of the foot, when Woody came back, they ended up just moving Woody back to guard. Um, and I ended up and stayed at center for a while. Yeah, so 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 correct me if I'm wrong. So did you, you start it against Philly? Correct. Okay, so that was your first official start. So now you're coming off that first start. 
uh, you're going into week three. So how did you feel like after that first game? Because it was we got our ass kicked against uh, against Buffalo. Good win on the road against Philly. Going into the the third week of your first ever season. Yeah, it's it's kind of it was uh, it's it's like a whirlwind. You know, you just I don't think I do remember after the Philly game never being more physically and mentally exhausted right after the game, just because. Obviously, the, the skill and, and the uh, physicality of the guys that you're going up with, but the, the, the you know the separation from college to professional isn't necessarily all the you know the, the size and the strength and the speed. It's you know the mental capacity and the, you know how smart these defensive players are. So there's no plays off whatsoever. If you're if you're gonna let your guard down for one second, you know that that guy across from you is going to take advantage. So I, I just remember being so tired after that game and, um, you know, not necessarily like overwhelmed with it, but just, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back to work on Wednesday and, and, and get better. You know, I think that was the attitude that we had all along. It's definitely crazy. Like as a rookie or a fifth rounder and just like, okay, you're, you're going to be the starting center going forward. And, you know, 12 behind you and Antoine, Smith and, you know, Fourier and all these guys that you watch in college and now you're playing on the same field with them and, and you know, uh, a teammate. It's, it's, it's really cool. Dan Copen visiting with us. Of course, we are recapping and sort of going uh, week by week in the 03 championship season in terms of looking back. And, Cope, I want to ask you about uh, sort of where... Who do, we, who do we play in week three? Was it Washington? Uh, you guys played uh, the Jets. In fact, it was regular season week three, September 21st. 23-16 win over the uh, Jets. Fourier had uh, three receptions for 49 yards. <laughs> Can I add that in? Perfect. I had to, had to throw I'm that glad in. You had to add that in. I did. Perfect. I don't. I don't Perfect. have O line stats. And by the way, Cope, I oh, tried I do. to. Well, I have some O line stats well, for Cope. I, I tried to look. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you do. What? They're good. No, but I tried to look back on that Houston game, and normally they give you the total, but, but they didn't back then. But the drive chart had like 17 drives, and there were some nines and tens yeah. in there. So Cope's right. You guys must well, have run a million plays. Well, I mean, so I and did. It was, an, it was an overtime game too, mm-hmm. right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I, I, I did look up his stats. I was trying to find lots of sound clips of like you know all the highlights of Dan Copen but it's funny they never really talk about the offensive lineman unless you do something bad but I just you, you know for a rookie let me add like for a rookie at the center position with that psychopath behind him playing quarterback and what he <laughs> what he expected from his center because I would say that's a pretty personal relationship in more ways than one if you know what I mean so you only had <laughs> you only had seven penalties Cope you had two holding uh, and and five false starts, but I would say four <laughs> a, four well uh, for a rookie, I would say I will take that all day long, like all day long. You, no, I I would I would like to dispute a, probably a couple of those holds. Okay, uh, well you only had two I don't of think them. There was a lot of holds. The false starts, yeah, they actually I, it wasn't. I don't know if it was after that year or the next year. They actually had me get a hearing test. To make sure I was hearing Tom, Tom, okay, because I felt that they felt like that that was too many false starts. But when Tom, you know, Christian, when Tom gets up there and the bolts are flying, like it, it, things happen quick, and he changes plays quick, he changes mic calls quick, and right after he changed it, he could change a snap count quick. And there's a lot of like, I mean, you're almost like 
just uh, you know the tension there, and you're just ready to ready to snap the ball and go. So there were a couple flinches in there that I'd like to get taken back, but uh, and you blame it on him. He should get partial credit, just like the block field goal. Yeah, I mean his inflection wasn't good. Yeah. He was, you know, he wasn't loud enough. Um, well, a lot of a lot of that is on his responsibility. Kobe, a lot has been made about just you know didn't want to do a Brady talk, but as far as like how he is to deal with as receivers, but as an offensive lineman, I've never heard you say this before. I've never talked to you about this. This is pretty intriguing to me based on how challenging your particular position would be based on inheriting a position from a veteran player, two veteran players really, that had already had a lot of success and built up a reputation and and, and just like a, you know sharing the same brain. And here you are thrown into the mix, expected to not have any letdown whatsoever, like it's it's I feel like you should be included in all the wide receiver talk about how they can't get the offense and how it's calculus. Oh no. I mean it's yeah, I don't know what the problem is with certain receivers that can't get it. I think it's you get out of you get 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 out of things like what you put into it, right? So I always prided myself on <clears throat> being ready to go, knowing the game plan, knowing the calls, knowing the adjustments, and that allowed me to play faster. You know, I, I feel like if you play any position, really, um, anywhere, if you're thinking about things too much, you're not really reacting and you're not letting the game come to you as it's, as it's going. So it's just it's, the more mentally prepared you are, um, especially for me, I felt I played better and I could sort of loosen up and actually just play the game instead of sitting there thinking, you know, some rookies would come in or some free agents would come in and they go through practice and they almost look robotic. And I just never felt like the game, you can play your best game robotically. You know, you have to, there's got to be a flow to it. Uh, Dan, I know we're on to Brady a little bit, but I'm curious, you, you mentioned you're a rookie. You're playing for a guy that goes down as the greatest of all time. I'm sure he's demanding, but you also were coached by Dante Scarnecchia, who is demanding, but he can be nurturing at the same time. Like, I'm curious, Dan, sort of who sort of walked you through the wilderness of that 03 season, considering you got a guy behind you who can scream at you, but was he nurturing as well? How, how did you kind of get through all that? No, I think you know, just they were all great. I mean, everybody was great. I think, um, I think Tom and I had a great – uh, re- <clears throat> relationship from the start um, with OTAs and mini camp, and really with the center quarterback, you know, um, procedure snap, you know, everything felt comfortable. What 4A was talking about, hey, some there's a little bit more closeness between those two positions, where the hands go and everything. So, you know, everything felt good from that standpoint. I think we understood each other and where he wanted the ball, when he wanted the ball. Um, uh, communication wise, we were good. And Scar's just great. I mean, Chris can tell you, and I'm sure he's talked for days with you guys um, about how great of a coach Scar is, and you know, no stone left in t- unturned. And everybody out there could go out there and perform like a starter under how he coached the game and taught the game. You would always pick something up and something new from you know, every day, whether you're a 10 year vet or a rookie, you just always got something out of his coaching in the meeting room out on the football, on the football field. He was just very demanding, but you know, really, I think it was the guys in the locker room that really helped me along and, and making me feel comfortable, making me feel welcome, 
part of the team right from the start, you know, Andrewsy, uh, Matt Light, Compton, Woody, all those guys, Russ Oaks, it, those guys uh, really made that year for me, you know, special and um, a lot easier than it probably would have been if I didn't have them. Dan Copen with us talking about that 03 season as we look back 20 years now on that championship run. And a part of what I got to unpack with Fourier, Dan, was everything that went down with Laura Malloy and then the whole Tom Jackson comments, you're just a rookie. Does any of that <laughs> stuff hit home with you whatsoever? You know, probably not. And I think, I think uh, Bill brought us in after that happened. Um, and had told the older guys about it. Obviously, the rookies were in the room. But I'm sure he said, you know, rookies, you have no, no idea. You have no, you've only been in the NFL for one minute. You guys just shut the, uh, up, you know, if you, if you get my drift. So uh, I, I, I really didn't know Lawyer that well. It didn't affect me um, as much. I know a bunch of the older guys that affected and and, and it definitely should have. But um those older guys were true professionals and, and put their personal feelings aside and, and went out and did their job and you know did it pretty good that year. All right, so Dan Copen with us real quickly. And, and last one for me, Copen, and just um, so as far as that season goes, was uh, almost like a two-parter. Was there a, is there a point in time that you were like, okay, we're a really good team? And there was a, was there a, and then what was your most memorable moment of that year? Oh God, most memorable. I, you know, I don't think there was any time that I was saying we were a really good team. I, I, I just felt like I, I, I haven't been there long enough. Um, there's no reason for me to be thinking along those lines. I think I probably said we'll be okay. Um, the first five years in, in the league, you know, just when people ask, Hey, how are you guys going to be? How are you going to do this week? You're like, Oh, we'll, we'll be okay. You know, we're ready. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, I just, I never wanted to say, Hey, we're really good. And you know, we're going to smoke this team. That's just, that's not how our team and our, how our guys operated. Um, uh, the best memory is definitely, uh, it's kind of, I mean, starting in Philly was really cool for me. It was about an hour and 15 minutes from where I grew up. And to be able to start down there, that was um, a cool thing. But I think, man, there was a lot of good good moments. <laughs> you end up winning the Super Bowl, so I mean, that's that's, yeah. that's up there too. How about a welcome to the the day you realized that you were in the NFL? Did you have an NFL moment where, like, holy crap, I'm like, did you have an experience with a player? Did you see somebody that you used to idolize on the other side that you had to block? Was there anything like that? Yeah, no. I, yeah, the first welcome to the NFL moment was probably going one on one pass pro versus Richard Seymour, and that was just like, okay, you know, he's six six, he's got long arms, he's three hundred pounds, he can move like it, you know, he moves just as good as a tight end, or you know, he, just physically gifted and trying to block him one on one as a rookie was just like, oh, the, yeah, I gotta wait. Sleepless <laughs> nights. <laughs> And then what happened when you saw uh, Klecko on the other side where you're like, thank God, short and squatty with no arms. You know, <laughs> short and squatty, but he could go side to side faster than yeah. anybody else. I'd much rather have Ted Washington there or, or, you know, Keith Trailer. Give me the big fat guys that can't move. I'll take them all day long. But if you give me the guy that can run 
you know, a four five and he's shifty. Those those are the problem guys for offensive linemen. Well, this has been a, yeah, a lot of fun, a, Cope. A great walk down memory lane, Cope. Thanks a bunch. Uh, you're clearly one of our uh, favorites, and uh, good on you for finally getting uh, Fourier to realize that there is shared blame on that field goal block against <laughs> Houston. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Hopefully we see you down the road. All right, guys. Hey, th- thank you, but it's time to let that go. We won We won, We won. won that year. That Houston game really doesn't mean a lot. <laughs> that is true. You're right. But it's still, it, but it's in the mind of Fourier, and you've been there, Cope. So. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> See you, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> there goes uh, Dan Copen, former New England Patriot.